Pittsburgh Steelers fans, got to ask you, what is up? My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am the podcast producer. And remember, BTSC is your one-stop shop. Is it a one-stop shop? Yeah. Is it a non-stop shop? Absolutely. And you will get podcast. You will get editorial. You'll get a little bit of something. And somebody that does something on the podcast side and the editorial side as well is my good friend Shannon White. He's alongside me today. Also, Tony Defio is another one of those guys. Tony has the night off and we're doing the show a little bit later tonight because of my schedule. So we gave Tony the night off and I'm the reason why. So I upset the Apple card <laughs> today, but Tony, of course, will be back with us for on New Year's Eve. He'll be back with us for the six pack, the Friday night six pack with Tony. He went on Christmas Eve as well, and he will be back next week with the hangover. And we will be having a different day for the hangover, probably Tuesday. We'll have to talk about that and let you know because the Steelers at this time next week will be playing on Monday night football. Shannon, I gotta ask you, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Just got done watching uh, the latest episode of Yellowstone with the family and and excited to, to talk some Steelers football. That's something that I need to do. I need to check out Yellowstone, but right now the only thing that matters is black in Yellowstone, and I, I hate <laughs> saying that because I'm a black and gold guy, and I, mm-hmm. I hate saying black and yellow, <laughs> but it just worked there. And what's going on with the Steelers right now? Your knee-jerk reaction from the 36 to 10 is it safe to say drubbing, or should mm-hmm. we go with disappointment, or should we go with embarrassment? One of my favorites is debacle. So uh, choose your own. This is choose your own adventure. This is your Steeler Mad Lib, Shannon. It's all of the above. It, it that was just disappointing on a grand scale. We any rational Steeler fan wasn't going into that game expecting a victory or predicting a victory. There's a difference in hoping and wanting and predicting that they was going to come out of that with a a victory. But they were just outplayed, outcoached, outclassed. Their role players, they were missing some guys too. And their role players look like stars against us. Because where the Steelers are star-driven, predominantly, the Chiefs and other teams are system-driven. And you can sometimes get away with not having a Travis Kelsey uh, not having a big night from uh, Tariq Hill. And you have guys that a lot of people have never heard of, like the Pringle kid or the, the Gore kid, have, you know, monster games because they just exploited all the Steelers' weaknesses. So, yeah, it was definitely a debacle. <laughs> I was so despondent today. I went to the snack cupboard. I looked at that <laughs> red and yellow can of Pringles, and because of Byron Pringle, I couldn't even I couldn't even take one. I I was that upset. Um, you're you're absolutely right. Something we didn't do, Shannon, is we always on the hangover. We explain what a hangover is. This is one of the bad hangovers. This isn't a good one. And we always welcome the first person in. And Kathy Ford was the first one in today. And if I'm not mistaken, our good friend, longtime viewer and listener, Kathy was at the game. Kansas Kathy was at Arrowhead, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday as well. So uh, 
I, I hope that wasn't too disappointing for, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> you, you go on the road to see the Steelers in, and, and you come with that. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, you know, I agree with you on that. I just, I feel outclassed is, is really interesting to describe it. And I've, I've no problem. You know, Ivan Mechton, um, he says we're weak this year. I'll get it'll get better soon. And yeah, that's something that's something that you could definitely feel with the Steelers that has happened in the past. And even there's maybe turnover at quarterback, and that's something that we could always talk about because it's not completely uh in stone, but it's written on bathroom walls that this could be Ben Roethlisberger's you know, last hurrah. And he took his family. His family was in a, a box at the game. And obviously, you know, he was going to be away from them at Christmas and Hey, why not take the family to Kansas city? There's great steakhouses and you're with your family. So that's uh that's something he did. But when he was asked about it, he said one cause of Christmas and two, because of the stage of my career. So that might be once again, writing on the bathroom wall for Ben. But when you look at this game, you know one thing as embarrassed and upset as we are they're at number 11 and there's a possibility at the end of the night it depends what's going on with miami and new orleans they could be back at number 10 but the way the schedule shakes out still could win this division (laughs) you know that's that's an interesting thing i mean it's almost inconceivable but they could win this division you can't play the way you played yesterday, but we've seen them follow up embarrassment with a good showing. So the title of the show, Shannon, tonight is the Steelers are still in it, but will you be watching? What do you think? Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, all real Steeler fans and Steeler Nation, we're all going to be watching. Uh, you know, I can't, I wish I could just walk away. A lot of people said I turned it off at halftime and I went and done something productive. And I'm very jealous of those individuals. I wish I could do that. But where there's only so many, you know, literally hours a, a year that we get to watch the Steelers. I cannot make myself leave the, you know, in front of the TV. I watch every second in case something uh, big happens, especially like, let's say, a Ben Roethlisberger touchdown or, Something I'm watching every second till you know the clock hits zero. Um, I felt like you know watching his family up in the booth. I felt like that you know I was hoping his wife would cover Ben's son's eyes so he wouldn't see what was happening on the field because you know if that's their first time going on or on the road to see him. Uh, that was not the game to do it. Uh, so that really tells you that he was wanting to soak in the last moments of his career to have his family come to that game, which was more than likely going to be a bloodbath. So I agree with you completely on that. And I mentioned the dirty word right now, which is the P word, which is playoffs, because a lot of people are like, and I'm looking in the live chat (laughs) and a lot of people are like, you're crazy. You know, if they get in there one and done and Hey, that's a possibility. Sure. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) The play, it's not inconceivable that this te- this team can very well make the playoffs. 
And the reason being is they are playing two teams that are in just as much shambles as the Steelers are in right now. The Baltimore Ravens, they're beat up. They're almost completely dismantled and they're a mess. And they play them the last game of the season. They just got embarrassed against Cincinnati yesterday. So if you're in Charm City, you're not feeling good right now. Cleveland just lost on Christmas Day. They lost last week. You know, that's something too. And those are who they play. They win those games. And the Cincinnati Bengals lose both games. And you look at, well, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they should probably run away with the division. But they play those Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. They, I mean, they, um, excuse me, they play the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to look at who's favored there, you're going to think the Chiefs are probably going to win that game. And then they play in Cleveland the last game of the season. If that happens and the Steelers find a way to beat those, then they're winning the division. So that's, that's a thing to look at. Don't shoot me. I'm the piano player. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Uh, somebody in the live chat said, Shannon, give me some good news. Um, make me feel better. And, uh, you know, this is just, what's the possibility. So that's the thing. The, uh, the show must go on for the Steelers. Will you be watching? My question, and this is not a challenge. This is not, I mean, everybody, everybody's opinion is a valid opinion. But why are you still watching? Are you watching because you're watching the train wreck that is the 2021 season (laughs) and want to continue to be pissed off until they fire Tomlin or until Ben goes or or uh, for some reason, I mean, for some crazy reason, I don't know if this would ever happen. The offensive line coach goes to a Pac-12 school. I mean, I mean, are are you going to wait for that? Which Adrian Clem that happened today. Uh, Somebody's going to tell me, well, it did happen bad. Like, you know, I'm joking. But are you going to, are you watching because of, because of the train wreck? Or are you watching because in the back of your mind, you're like, you're just hoping. You just know that the playoffs are a step that, you want to get to and uh, and you are addicted you might be addicted and and ticked off and that's okay as well um P- peter tau and i love this we enjoy being tortured <laughs> that that's funny so uh because uh peter is also like uh i think he mentioned something about me still being drunk on eggnog um you know that's that's interesting too. I mean, that, that's funny. But you know, you know, that's a thing. Why are you still watching, Shannon? Well, I am an addict. Um, you can't be a fan as long as I've been a fan, and not have, be deeply devoted. You know, I always said that when I pass from this earth, one of the things I want on my tombstone is the stellar emblem, because that's been a consistent in my life for over forty years. That means something. They become like family. You hate to see the players get injured. You hate to see them struggle and things they go through. Um, it means more to you than just a football game. I know it's a business. I know it's a sport, but it means something. And it's something that is in your in your fiber, of every fiber of your being, in your soul. You just, you love the Steelers, and that's who I am. 
Um, you know, Kansas City is a is an incredibly hot team right now. They're playing probably better than anybody in the AFC. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, have a, a heck of a team built behind a great line in a running game, which is a common for all these top teams. Uh, you have to have that, and the Steelers don't. The Due to the youth and, and retirements and surprise departures, the offensive line is, is inexperienced and in shambles, and the defensive line, due to tragedy and due to uh, season-end injuries, is a shell of its former self. So the foundation, it's actually kind of impressive that they're 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one, considering the shape of the foundation on both sides. They, the hope is, if they win, I want them to win every game. If they win and they get in the playoffs, magic can happen. You don't know. It can't happen if you don't get in. Uh, that's one extra game, one more opportunity to watch the Steelers uh, before we go into the offseason and start really trying to address all these issues this team currently has. You know, what's funny is I want to go back to kind of what I was saying earlier because there's no doubt in my mind that every single person watching the show or listening later on is a diehard Steeler fan, especially after that 36 to 10 loss. You, there's no, whether you believe in the 2021 Steelers or not, does not change your fandom whatsoever. There's no one that's a bigger fan on this line right now, including me. I am an equal fan. Shannon's an equal fan to each and every one of you here. We're equal in our love for the team. It's uh, some might call me delusional, Shannon, because there's a part of me that's that is thinking that I'm a uh, I'm Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber right now. <laughs> so you say there's a chance. I'm that you say there's a chance guy, and. I was, you say there's a chance guy when it's 36 to 10 yesterday. And, but I knew deep down in my heart that no way are they going to come back. But, and nor did they, were they playing anywhere close to capable of coming back? But that's the way I conduct my life. And for somebody to be, to turn around and say, there's no way you're delusional, Brian, because there's no way that they're going to make the playoffs. There's no way that, that they're going to do anything. This is just horrible. You're absolutely right too, because that's the mm -hmm. way you conduct your, conduct your thinking. And that's what makes this world what it is. You know, you, you, everybody has a valid opinion. Um, I'm just on that side and, and I'm kind of always going to be on that side, but, Everybody's opinion here is absolutely correct because that's what they believe. But the best part about it is, and I'm watching these numbers rise on the screen of how many people are watching the show live as we're going because you care about this team. So I think the question of the, the show, the show must go on. The show will go on, but will you be watching? I think everybody's watching here. No, I saw Stacy Lynn say I had to turn off the game yesterday. Yeah, I don't blame you. If I could have, if I'm not responsible for being on this show and being being on the, the post-game show, I would have loved to turn it off. There was a Harry Potter marathon on. You know, there's a, I'm, I'm boning up on Cobra Kai because 
the premier the uh, season four comes out in just a few days from now <laughs> you know i've i uh, we're the family's watching that again but no i can't turn it off though even if i wanted to even if i was allowed to i can't because that's just that's a part of my addiction too for the team so but it's so cool that everybody's in here you know lamenting the loss because you I, you don't have to believe in the 2021 Steelers, but you believe in the black and gold and the history of the black and gold and the culture, the the 88, 89 year culture of the Steelers as well. Um, Ryan O'Toole gives us five dollars in the tip jar. Ryan O'Toole is is definitely a stalwart of the uh, live chat. Always around. He's been here since I've been here. The O-line is a dumpster fire. When do we start to blame Tomlin for the continued slide? And who has played their way off the team in 2022? Interesting question. You know, the Tomlin thing is tricky. And the reason it's tricky is he still might finish this season with a winning record or with, excuse me, let me rephrase that with a non-losing record, Shannon. Mm -hmm. And if he does that, he will, he's in a tie with Dick Vermeil right now, if I'm not mistaken, to start his seat. I think it's Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer. Yeah, it yeah. is Schottenheimer. Chief, uh, Chiefs. So uh, Chiefs yeah. coaches that yeah. I, I just mixed up. Um, <laughs> so he's in a tie with Schottenheimer, you know, 14 years starting his career with a non-losing season he will break that record if they he gets one one win in the next two and i know we're not that's not records that we're talking about but he hasn't had that season now ronald just called it a dumpster fire of the offensive line it's kind of been a dumpster fire of the season of a season kind of what we expected but he hasn't he hasn't done he's actually done this team some justice with when Dave Schofield has talked to other shows and he's been on other shows on BTSC radio wire. And, and the consensus that Dave is hearing is a lot of people around the league. A lot of uh, fans of other teams think that if it wasn't for Tomlin, this, this team would be two and 15, but we have had, as Steeler fans, such a great culture, Shannon, that this is not good enough for us. And I understand why people are saying that it's not good enough. I'm, I've been a Tomlin apologist, and then yesterday uh, on the post game, I found myself saying that, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's time that something gets sh shaken up. Shannon? Chuck No comes to town. And with none and Dan Rooney, they built the the greatest roster in NFL history the, of all of Hall of Famers. Uh, that 74 draft is still without peer or Park. And it towards the end, no, all those guys retired. And no had some losing seasons in there. And the Steelers understood what he was dealing with and he'd lost so much talent and they didn't, they weren't able to draft the same and they brought in Cower. Well, Cower went through how many times did three times did he get to the AFC championship game, but he couldn't ever get through. And 
but the I think the Rooney's realized that he had was dealing with Cordell Stewart at quarterback and Tommy Maddox at quarterback. So instead of throwing the baby out with the dishwater or the bathwater, they was like, "We're going to give you a chance. We're going to try to get you a franchise quarterback." And, and see what you can do. Well, he, they drafted Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben Roethlisberger helped Coward get his Super Bowl championship. And then he retired for various reasons, not the least of which was losing his wife and needing to be with his family. Tomlin, the consistent thing, the one thing that Tomlin's had an advantage over these other guys is he's had a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback his whole career. Now, that he did an excellent job in 2019 when Ben was out. But they also had a dominant defense that year because the Steelers went out and got Fitzpatrick and brought him in, and that solidified that defense, and they they pulled out a lot of close games. It was kind of similar to this year, except this year the Steelers don't have a dominant offense or defense. Uh, actually below average on both. Uh, they've won some games and they've made it look not as bad as it actually was because they've been able to have them big comebacks in the fourth quarter on multiple occasions. And a lot of that falls on Ben Roethlisberger and his will to win. I've always been a Tomlin supporter, but this team is always flat. It's never prepared and it's undisciplined. They, they were losing 23, I think, or maybe uh, 30 to nothing. And Witherspoon broke up a pass in the end zone. And he flexed on the Chiefs crowd in the end zone. Uh, not even counting Ray Ray McLeod's, you know, after getting the first down and then he draws the Tawny penalty. That's not all on Tomlin, but it has to start at the top. You can't blame the owner. Uh, so, it, it, you know, that lack of discipline is concerning and that has to that starts and stops with Mike Tomlin, not Kevin Colbert, not anybody else. Then you know everybody's like, well, Matt Canada, he don't have a mobile quarterback. He's got to have a mobile quarterback. Well when he sat down for the job interview, I guarantee you he didn't look at him and go, no, I, I can't have this job. I don't I don't I shouldn't be put in this position unless I have a mobile quarterback. He was like, he knew going in Ben's limitations. He said, I can build this offense around Ben. We'll work together. We'll make it successful. That even come close to doing that. There's a huge disconnect. And it's permeating through the whole offense. You can see it. So if he didn't, if he didn't already know who the quarterback was in, he was going to have going in, that would be different. And then finally, you got Keith Butler, who is basically a holdover from LeBeau. Because the stewards like consistency. It's got to the point that there's going to have to be massive changes. And I figure it should start with both coordinators because Butler's contract runs out and Canada hasn't proven worthy to stay. But Tomlin, I think, is safe, but he's not without blame or blemish in this. Do you foresee today's move of telling Adrian Clem, hey, go ahead with your new job. We're fine. Do you foresee that as maybe Clem being the, the scapegoat and nothing else happening, Shannon? Because that's a possibility too. I I don't think so. I think that we knew Clem was leaving anyway. 
And I think they knew, Clem knew they wasn't happy with him. I don't blame Clem for everything, you know, he's working with the talent he's got or lack thereof. Uh, I admit I've been totally wrong about Kendrick Green. Uh, in the fact that it's not an athleticism problem, uh, but he has, until this year, basically zero experience playing center. And his communication issues, he's letting guys just come wide. Oh, it's almost like, here, you know, uh, you know, come on, Matt, kill the quarterback. You know, Olay, he looks like he's a bullfighter. Uh, there's there's no resistance there sometimes. And for a guy with his talent, quickness, and intensity, that tells me that he is just not comprehending his responsibilities and the concept that they're trying to run. He's too short with short arms to ever play guard in the NFL. I do not ever see it happening. Now, I'm, I'll admit I'm wrong if that happens. I'm admitting right now I'm wrong that he is not the answer at this time at center. Uh, but I did not realize that the communication issue uh, and his understanding, I don't know if it's a mental block, a lack of intelligence, but he's not picking this up. So, uh, But I do not see him being moved uh, to guard in the future. He's either going to be an NFL center or he ain't going to be playing in the NFL. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, Dave Schofield said something that kind of backs you up yesterday. It's like, what makes you think that if he can't play center, that he can play guard, you know? So that's, that's an interesting, you know, thing that he brought up. Steelers freak brings up something that I think is absolutely really thought provoking here. And I read today. Tomlin has called the D since 2016, which I believe that's true. I've, I've heard that for a while. So firing Butler means nothing. That's man. I never thought of it that way. So what's your thought about that? If if Mike Tomlin is calling the defense, what does it mean if you fire your defensive coordinator? If you bring in somebody else with a new vision, they can look at, he might see the roster, the talent they do have and say, well, we need to, if we pick up a, a, a four, three, couple four, three linemen and free agency or in the draft, uh, Guys like Cam Hayward, Loudermilk, they can play on a 4-3 line, no problem. Um, and that's what the Steelers like. They like guys that can play um, multiple positions. Uh, something has to change because the Steelers, if the pass rush doesn't get there, this soft zone does not work in the modern NFL. The, a, a good quarterback, a patient quarterback, will pick it apart like Tom Brady used to do every time the Steelers would get to – the playoffs that go up against the Patriots. Brady, I think, had 13 uh, – Kevin Falk, I think so it was, had 13 receptions in the one AFC championship game, which was a record for a running back. Just it, – it's always open. There is always somebody wide open with that 3-4 playing that soft zone behind it. The Steelers are the only team that does not come up and press regularly. You know, zero coverage. I mean, they don't sell out. And, I mean, yes, you will give up a big play sometimes, but you also have an opportunity to, to get some big plays, to get off the field. This this defense they're playing will not work in this. The quarterbacks complete over 70% of their passes with regularity now. They don't miss. If you leave a guy wide open in a flat, it's like, boom, it's a completion. The Steelers try the exact same thing, but there's somebody standing right there 
waiting on it because they're up playing close to the line, playing that press coverage. The Stewards, at least, I thought would mix it up, and they haven't this year. So I, I think they need a new voice. They need a new vision. You bring in somebody, it will the guys like TJ Watt, Hayward, maybe even guys like Bush, who's underachieved, it could give them a spark and fire them up to, to be used in a different way under a new scheme. Here's a question that I want to bring up, Shannon, and it's something that I've even heard mentioned here too. The uh, Mike Munchak, we hear that name all the time, and Mike Munchak left. Some people are saying maybe he saw the writing on the wall. Maybe they, maybe he felt like uh, maybe he was just leaving to be with family. Uh, you never know. He wanted to be a head coach, and he's not, and I understand all that. But what could Mike Munchak do with this group is my question is this is this a situation where you don't have the players for any offensive line my gosh one of the greatest offensive line coaches the um what's the guy that's been uh with new england forever uh dante scarnecchia and he was there for mm-hmm. all those years mm-hmm. and the, then there was a guy that was like 25 plus years with denver and then you think of bill Cal- callahan as being an amazing one what could those guys do with this group right now really that's impossible to answer um i i, I see some uh, positive signs more going through what he's went through this year where he's upper body and he's underdeveloped for the NFL game. He, you know, a, a good off season in the weight room and conditioning and changing up his diet. I think he'll be much more prepared for next year. He's got thrown to the wolves and he survived. He hasn't always thrived, but he survived through everything. And you see some positive, he's, he's improving. So uh, you know that, that Dotson, uh, hopefully he can come back soon. And, and he has uh, a lot of potential. He's probably the best lineman they got. Center is a question mark. Uh, there, there's no way around it. Uh, you know, Green has just – he has potential, but he, he has so much uh, learning he needs to do to really either be competent, which he's not at the moment. Um, and then Turner, we hoped that, you know, we catch lightning in a bottle and bring him in. And he would be a little closer to what he was with Carolina than what he was last year with the Chargers. He's more like he was with the Chargers. And then Okafor is just, he's just too passive. He doesn't have enough of a mean streak and aggressiveness uh, to, to be above average tackle, either left or right tackle. So the Steelers know what they need to work on. They know the lack of talent they have at the moment. And I don't know, if Mike Munchak himself, who I believe is probably the greatest offensive line coach ever, could do a whole lot more with these guys. But I do know, I think he could help them with their communication issues, which are, there's no way you let pressure come up the middle as much as this team's doing. I mean, you you know, maybe from the outside, you know, being not seeing the blitz, you know, some of that stuff's excusable, but not up the middle. Like, they're just missing guys. There's nobody there. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know if even the great Mike Munchak could fix this right at the moment. To piggyback on top of that, is a third offensive line coach in three years just a continuity problem as well, too? I mean, with Clem leaving, you almost think, gosh, if Clem had a second year with this team, maybe maybe things would improve. 
I actually expect things to improve next year for whoever's the coach, because with close to 50 million under the cap, you're going to see them probably bring in a free agent offensive lineman, much like the way the Cincinnati Bengals did and, and help fix that line. You're, you know, they're going to draft heavy with it. So there there's going to be a possibility that uh, next year could be a much better year with this team, but does changing it up again, is that a problem? Well, there's with this group, it's going to be a new group next year, just like it was this year. In the past, those those two changes, they're not optimal after Munchak left. But you did have the continuity of an experienced veteran line that had played together. But as those guys started to deteriorate, then you started to see, you know, the where they really needed uh, Munchak desperately. And, of course, this year, it was all new. New offensive line, new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator. So I expected the struggles, but I did expect to see improvement along the line, uh, you know, for the whole offense. But it just hasn't happened. I want to bring up Andrew Wilbar here. And Andrew, of course, he writes for our site. He's great as far as prospects go. A great young mind. Mm. And I appreciate it. Now, he has been shouting from the rooftops. I think he's been going up to strangers on the street saying, what do you think about Ed Warner? For the Steelers job, they're like, what? What are you talking about? He's been on our Slack channel. He's been going crazy with this guy. He thinks Ed Warner would be the perfect man for the job. Closest thing we will find a Munchak, both schematically and personally. Now, or that might be personality. Um, and he was interested in hearing our thoughts on it. My thought is this. Yeah, I think Ed Warner would be great if I knew who he was. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I have no clue who Ed Warner is. So I'm going to ask you, Shannon, do you know anything about Ed and uh, where is he from? Why is he available? And why is Andrew Wilbar hiring this guy? I think he's probably staking out his home right now. <laughs> I would like you. I don't know a whole lot about him. It's, I, what I do know is what I've read. Andrew has uh, said and talked about that. He went in at Michigan, which, you know, Andrew's a huge Michigan fan. And he helped rebuild their offensive line, started from scratch and freshman. And, and you know, at, by the time it was all said and done, I think they had the, the best rushing attack in the Big Ten. So I think that, that that's why that he's so high on uh, Ed is because he's taken a group of inexperienced young men and actually helped build them and train them into a top line. And I don't know if he has any NFL experience. I don't know. Uh, I know that the respect factor, when a Mike Munchak, a Hall of Fame player, speaks to you and tells you something, you're going to listen because he's already accomplished what you would like to accomplish as a young lineman. Uh, sometimes it doesn't translate going from college to the pros. You know, with the level of uh, experience and, and uh, athletic ability that you're dealing with. But if they buy into his message, he could be a good hire. But I'm like you, I just don't know that much about him. Tyler W. gives us $5. And Tyler, a great fan of the show. We really appreciate TW, T-Dubs. I'm disappointed the offense had no momentum this season. It doesn't feel like we got better at anything this year. 
Is there anything that the Steelers improved upon this year, Shannon? Because I have no idea. You have to look for little things because uh, at first glance, the answer is no. But I think that they have improved at running back, even though it was not James Conner's fault last year. As we know, the line was deteriorating. And then this year, this young and inexperienced. Uh, so both players, James Conner and Najee Harris, are very good players. Uh, but Harris is just – he needs more help. He's not getting any lanes. And so, but I do think they upgraded and running back. I think they upgraded with Fryermuth. Uh, definitely upgraded because Fryermuth is definitely the tight end one and he's got star potential. But, you, you know, you're just looking, you're grasping because the wide receiver core is not better. Uh, Deontay Johnson is approved to where he was considered for the Pro Bowl. Uh, and had and had his first thousand yard season, but Claypool is, you know, is the same or regressed even due to his maturity issues. Uh, Washington still can't get open, uh, you know, consistently. He he just doesn't separate. He's a he's a quality little player, but he just doesn't have the quickness uh, and the footwork to separate. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod is basically should just be a special teams player. So just just on the offensive side there, and Ben's a year older. So uh, did they really improve? Uh, no. <laughs> How much did this team lose when they lost Juju Smith-Schuster? A lot more than you, anybody really realized at the time, uh, because he was a voice in the with guys in that locker room, uh, the younger guys. He was he was a leader for them. Uh, and guys like Johnson and Claypool, uh, they they fed off his cue. He took the a lot of times the number one corner, uh, and the other guys got to work with obviously the second or the third corner down on the the depth chart. And so he also has the the spirit. He he brings the fun element. Uh, he's a rah rah guy. One thing it really is disturbing to me. If you watch the sidelines, they're getting destroyed. They're getting shellacked. And there's nobody. Now, they'll do that little circle and do the, you know, have T.J. White in the middle of it and they're getting everybody fired up before the, yeah, before the game starts. But once the game starts, there is no communication on the sidelines. The, the older veteran guys set off and shake their head in one side, and then you have the offensive linemen set together, and then you have, you know, there's no communication. There's nobody over there trying to get these guys fired up. Not a head coach, not a, a positional coach. I just don't see it happening. And you know, the, I think there's a disconnect there uh, between the different positional groups, even. And and part of it's because that so much of the Steelers are is star driven, and the stars seem like they're a little bit distanced from the younger role players, and. Uh, and you really see that on, you know, some of these guys need somebody to be over nurturing them and instructing them and maybe giving them a kick in the rear. Uh, because, you know, we don't know what's going on with a lot of guys like, you know, uh, Harvin, which, you know, my prayers go out to him and his family. You know, we, we see the performance on the field and I knew something was going on because he hadn't hit a punt clean in probably three or four weeks, but we didn't know what he was going through. 
And but in that case, there somebody needs to step up and say, "Hey, you need to take some time. You need to step away." Or you know, if you can't function and you're going to hurt the team, you need somebody needs to help you and give you advice. I don't see who's doing that for this team right now. I I will say and and everybody in the live chat, a lot of people are bringing this guy up, and it's Cam Hayward. If there's anybody doing it, it's Cam Hayward, and I know he he's got to be. You saw you saw how he got Najee Harris a Christmas tree, you know, and the, the, he's also becoming a locker room mentor to these guys, and and I would think that that's that's still happening on the sideline. So I mean, I think when you're, when you're looking at somebody that uh, is the player dad to a lot of these these guys, especially the young guys, it is Cam Hayward, and that's a guy that. Uh, that gets lost in the shuffle of all of this when we say that there's no leaders and and that uh, there's no discipline. He's trying, and but maybe you need more people trying. Um, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're going to see. But the big question here as we get ready to wrap everything up, it's this. 2022 doesn't matter this second to me. And of course, it's going to matter. It might matter in two weeks. But right now, I'm still focused on 2021. Talk me out of being focused on the Steelers making the playoffs, Shannon. I wouldn't try to talk you out of it. That has to be the goal at this point. Like we said last week, losing the last two games improves your draft position one or two spots. That's It's not worth what it does to the culture of the team, uh, what remains of that culture, if there is anything. Uh, if you could get in the playoffs and magic happens and you make you win a game or or at least be competitive in a game in the playoffs, and that's something to build off of. So to me, the goal has to be to try to win this week. Money bags. And not only is he money bags, but he's money bags with $2 signs. I love it. Gives us $2. Love the show, guys. We got to get back to Latrobe. You know what? That's that's not the worst idea in the world. I mean, I really think I would love to see them um, back in with that. You know, when you're back at Latrobe, I, I think there's something to be said about something that you said that seems to be missing on the sidelines. I think you could build some kind of camaraderie by being away at camp. Mm-hmm instead of just being at the facility and it being a job. But as far as this season goes, it's going to be really interesting because you have the Los Angeles Chargers who lost yesterday to, I mean, <laughs> they lost to the Houston Texans in an embarrassing fashion. I mean, it wasn't a squeaker. <laughs> they lost that game and you're like, wow. And so now they're a half a game ahead of the Steelers. You have the Raiders, who have some tough games coming up. Uh, you have the Broncos that uh, are behind the Steelers. But you have teams, you have the Colts playing the Raiders, and right away you're thinking maybe the Colts need to lose. But now you're thinking, nah, you got to get the Raiders out of there and embrace the fact that the Colts are going to be in there. We've been rooting against Buffalo this entire time. Now they've taken over the Patriots. And the Patriots could lose two games and be behind. So 
as much as it seems inconceivable that this team is qualified to be in the playoffs, there's a lot of things that could happen in these two weeks with this, with so many eight and seven, seven and eight in the lone seven, seven and one team that everything can move in the next couple of days. And it's really funny, Shannon, because I do the rooting guide and in the rooting guide, every single week I lay out number one through 16. There's been so many different number ones this year. We have not <laughs> seen this many number ones in a long, long time. So I'm still going to be focused on what the Steelers can be doing this year. I want to see them. Uh, I I want to see them do well next year. And I, th- I think that they're going to, I think some things are going to uh, with that salary cap money with some things changing that, that you're going to see them serious about uh, making moves next year, but there's a, still an opportunity to make the playoffs this season and to piggyback on what you said, man, wouldn't that be amazing if, a guy like Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. and Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth, they get an opportunity to play in a playoff game and have a chance to shock the world, or at least the football world. And so it kind of kind of starts there too. And we've seen those those type of things too. So right now, as crazy as it seems, we're gonna be going crazy trying to trying to get you ready for the Browns game. And that is basically the start of the Bill Cower honorary um, Super Bowl tournament. The one game playoffs start now because we, we knew that this is where the Steelers were going to be. We knew it was going to be an up and down season. We knew if they lost to Kansas city, they weren't out of it, but now, now man, it's do or die. It's mm-hmm. finally do or die. And at this point, now you're looking at a six-game season, and you can't lose any. Mm-hmm. So here you go. Um, somebody mentioned who gives a – I'll bring it up – who gives a rats and some asterisks. I, I'm not sure what that <laughs> means. Uh, um, uh, I uh, – gosh, I have no clue. Um, this could be Ben's last home game. It needs, we need a W. Hey, yeah, that's true. Michael says we aren't going anywhere. And I I get it. I I definitely get it. But here's the thing. Guys are still watching. You, You know what I'm saying? You're still watching. So whether you believe they can or not, what if, and what are we going to be thinking if, if it happens? Like, like Lloyd Christmas said, so you, you say there's a chance and that's, that's why I'm doing it. And that's why we're all doing it deep down. Um, <laughs> Eric Weidman says, how about we come out and blow someone out for once? I, I think I would just love that. I, <laughs> ain't I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's going to happen. It ain't I, don't, I don't know if I'm fully believing that either, but all I know is there's a reason we've got 131 watching the show right now up from 80 a half an hour ago. And there, there's a reason because we're addicted to this team and they might disappoint us, but just like family, you might have a, you might have a kid that robs a liquor store 
<laughs> and uh, and knocks up the dog. But you know what happens? You steal your kid and you love him. I mean, I, that was just to see Shannon's face. Go, go a little crazy. I, I like to throw those in. I can't get Tony on those because Tony's just stoic. He's just like, oh, okay. But uh, good. I, uh, I, I, fin- I finally got Shannon there on that one. Yeah, but I mean, this team's still family. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. And you know who's going to be here. It's behind the steelcurtain.com for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. So, Shannon, I'm going to ask you to do double duty. But before I do that, I'm going to thank each and every one of you, whether you're on the Facebook side, whether you're on the YouTube side, whether you're listening to us three days from now on anywhere you download your favorite podcast. And we hope it's BTSC. So with, (laughs) with that being said, it cannot be done with you. You're so important to us, and we thank you very much. So, for Tony Defio, who is not here tonight, for Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And just when you think you've got all the answers, Shannon, we keep changing the questions. Woo! I had to jump in on that one. Hey, yeah. I love you, BTSC Nation. Have a great week. Happy New Year. We will be back here, not next Monday, because we're watching football next Monday. So next Tuesday, we will see you. Have a Oh, how it rips me, but makes me live for tomorrow.